0: Everyone. Welcome to The Travel Coach, Moving Body, Mind and Spirit. My guest today is an intuitive and authenticity guide, certified source retreat leader, creator of solo experiences, and international model and speaker. She's the founder of Wandering Aund, where she supports her clients in gaining confidence and owning their authentic selves through travel and solo experiences. Since 2018, she has solo traveled to 20 countries across six continents. Robin Finney, welcome to The Travel Coach.
1: Hi, Sonia, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you for, for being here and for sharing all this amazing experience that I cannot wait to hear more. But first of all, I would like to know more about your relationship with travel growing up. Can you share with us what are the memories you have from that phase of your life?
1: Yeah, my my wanderlust started from a young age. My family would take, we lived in Tennessee in the United States, and we would take cross-country road trips every year across, we had family in Colorado. And so my dad would change it up where sometimes we'd go the Northern route, sometimes we'd take the Southern route, sometimes we'd cut across the middle. And so I got to just travel all over the United States as a child and go to Yellowstone National Park, Glacier National Park, the Grand Canyon, like some really amazing wonders here. And it just would light my soul up every time um, to be on these adventures. And then in college, I took the opportunity to study abroad in Vienna, Austria, and that was my first time outside of the country, and it completely changed my life.
0: Wow, beautiful. Your first time in Europe. And... Yes, yes. ah, Amazing, amazing. So, okay, I introduced you as a, you know, intuitive guide, and I know your background is in the corporate world. So I would like to know a bit more about that uh, phase of your life. What was growing back then?
1: Yeah, so I I was one of those where I didn't really, similar to my life now, I didn't really have a plan after college. And I took the first job that was offered to me in leasing apartments. And so I thought, oh, I'll do this for six months until I find something else, figure out what I want to do. And then 11 years later, I was still at the same company. And I just worked my way up. And it was a really great company. I had a great team. But in in those years, I was in the marketing and communications and public relations um, realm with that. And I just always, I would save up my vacation time and save money to take like one big trip a year. And I would travel with some girlfriends that I studied abroad with. And we would kind of just pick a country or a region every year and go. But when I would go there, I would get this, I would just have this um, false sense of thinking that it was going to be the magic pill mm-hmm. to kind of change everything in my life. I would think like, oh, this trip to Iceland is is going to transform my life. I'm not going to come back to the U.S. Or I'm going to go to New Zealand and I'm going to meet someone and fall in love and I'm not going to come back to the U.S. And it was just thinking like it was something was gonna fix me with it. And then that wouldn't happen. And I would come back to the US, come back to my job, and I would just enter a depression after every trip. And I would have to plan another trip so I could have something to look forward to, even if it was nine months of waiting for that next trip because I would condense all my vacation time so that I could take like one big trip. And so the cycle continued for many, many years. And which is very, I think it's similar to a lot of people you kind of get in that realm where I found that either people weren't using their vacation time because they Mm. were just filling themselves with work and like telling themselves I can't take off Um, or using their vacation time. But just like kind of living that same mentality of like, oh, I'm going to go on this vacation. But then at the end of vacation, reality sinks in and you're like, oh, I got to go back to work.
0: Yeah, I can relate a lot with that as well. So, took the first job that was offered to me was in the corporate as well. In my case, was nearly twenty years, and I even moved countries, doing the working in the wrong direction, right? So, it's something that we don't stop to think about it, and just we travel as a way of escape of this um, escaping of this reality that we are not fully percent happy with it, right? So, it's something that many people, I'm sure, can relate as well in this situation. Yeah. And I'm wondering, why? What has travel that is so addictive, or is so that you know that we want to look for when I just go and go? What is for you? What do you think it is?
1: I think so. First of all, I mean, I've started to over, especially during COVID, in the past few years since leaving, um, leaving that life and, and stepping into this. I've been just kind of discovering more of who who I am. Like, who is Robin really? Because I think oftentimes in life, we can get, we get comfortable. We get comfortable with our community, with our friends. And without realizing it, we can tend to mold into these communities and groups. And life just continues to go away. And so you reach a point, or at least I reached a point where one day I was like on these trips. And I recognized, I was like, ooh, I can be whoever I want to be because nobody knows me. And they don't know my backstory. They don't know, like, I can, I can play, I can allow my playful side to come out. I can um, just try on things that I maybe necessarily wouldn't do back home. And so I think travel has a way of like igniting that within us and showing us that there's a different way of living. Um, But then the trick is to bring that back into our lives. And oftentimes we separate the two and we just leave it like okay travel's going to be over here and then I'm going to get back to my quote comfortable normal life here
0: yeah that that's that's key right the, it frees you from the expectations from the responsibilities but also from the roles that we have yeah. you know play in our lives in our, our family or in our jobs that we played so many times that we believe is part of our identity and then yeah. we travel and we see another part of ourselves and we see that we can you know uh, people can see us a different faced and, and we discover this part uh, that maybe we cannot explore at home. But it's what you said, when we are back, then we come back to the status quo, we come back to the old patterns and routines and we fall again in this same cycle that is like, you know, the hamster wheel, right. looking forward to the next year and the next trip. So how did you eventually get out of this uh, wheel? What, what happened that you said, okay, enough is enough, I'm going to do things different here
1: yeah so i I went in two thousand and fourteen. I went to New Zealand, and that was the trip that i I' placed a lot of expectations on, and I really thought that something in my life was going to change, like something big was going to happen, and what i didn't realize is it was going to change, it just wasn't going to be the way that I thought it would and so I got back and I entered a pretty deep um, depression and just started recognizing like, oh, this doesn't feel right. And I was just, something wasn't great. And so I started to, I started seeing a therapist and then I started getting into like dipping my toes into transformational work and programs. And it was through that, that I kind of started seeing like, oh, there's, there's more out there and there's more within me. And then in 2017, I was on a meditation retreat in Guatemala And it was on the first day of that retreat that in meditation, I got a clear message that said, you're playing it safe. And I came out of that meditation and I was just in tears. We were going around the circle sharing. And I just said, I was like, I'm so tired of playing it safe. I know there's more out there. And it was really on that trip that I started to see like, oh yeah, there is more out there and you can do it. It's okay. You can step out and and try something else and so it was kind of like building up it was all kind of building up to that point
0: point. and what happened after that you went back home and what happened
1: well i was ready to i was ready to quit when i got i was like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna turn in my notice so i was like on the edge of the cliff ready to jump and then um and then I, there were some things that i was like okay i need to i need to line up a few things and so i i waited a few months and then at the beginning of 2018 then i turned in my notice and and just started kind of getting my life ready for this journey that i wasn't even quite sure what i was doing where i was going i just knew i wanted to travel and that i needed to get on the plane and trust that life was going to show me and so i bought a one-way ticket to australia and i left on my journey and for the first year of my journey, I only bought one-way tickets. And I really just trusted. It's like I would go to a place and then just trust when the time was to leave and go somewhere else. And and meet people. And they would say, like, hey, have you checked out this place? Have you thought about this place? And so it was through that that it, it really was the biggest lesson in surrender and trust for me in my life. And then tr- really trusting the universe and knowing that it's like, yeah... You're going to be okay you're following your heart just put yourself out there and see see what happens
0: i love i really
1: love that
0: and i know this is not easy right so many people think about doing that and leaving everything behind and just book a one-way ticket as you say and just surrender and trust so what were the fears to you know let everybody know that you also went through fears and was not easy and you had to overcome these fears so if you can share a bit about, you know, the fears, the doubts, the worries, people maybe around you not supporting you or supporting you, and how did you overcome? How did you did uh, just to make sure you go ahead and you just step, step up for, for yourself? Yeah.
1: So I, money, money was one of the biggest fears of mine, which is very common anytime, whether you're traveling or stepping out and doing anything different in life, we have, especially if you're owning your own business or something, there's, there's that fear of your needs not being met and where's the money going to come from. And so lack, like that lack and scarcity step in. And so I had that come up because I was also at a point where I knew since I lived a work to travel lifestyle before, it's like I would save the money to go on the trip and then start the cycle again so I I wasn't, I didn't have like a nest egg built up like many people prepare for. And I knew that that really wasn't going to change, that I needed to do something. I was like, okay, Robin, you just, you need to just step out and try this and see what happens. And so when I left my job, I only had one month's pay and about $500 in savings. So wow. I didn't have a lot and I was like, okay, I don't know how I'm going <laughs> to do this. And so but it's kept showing up. Like I kept, I came back and sold my car and then I lived off of that for a while. And then I cashed in my 401k. And so I was just living off of that. But then there was always this like fear of not, not having the money and then having to, having to quote, like go back to my corporate life or go back to a nine to five. Um, So that was money was a really big thing. Um, And then I, I didn't get any pushback from people about me going on this journey. Like so many people were supportive, but where the fears came up were around other people's fears around like me not having a plan, um, not having like asking about money. And, and then just like the, like they would project their fears around safety onto me. And so I would really just have to like learn. It was through that, that I really learned to just trust myself and trust my body to tell me, where to go and what, what felt right, um, to me, but it was that, that often happens whenever we do step up. Um, people are, they care about us and they love us and they're responding from how they would be in that situation rather than what's best for the person doing it. So a lot of times those fears can come up. Um, and I, I mean, I, I had many people say like, Oh, you can't go to, you can't go to that country as a woman. You can't go there by yourself and so it'd be like fears like that would come up and so for me it was a big part of the struggle was i had to keep coming back to myself and not believing in those fears and tune in and say like yeah like listen to myself and like what do i actually believe what's
0: so i suppose this feeling of uh, just going ahead with the the plan that you had for yourself even if it was very little plan was stronger, right, That yeah. the fear. Was, you right. you sh- should be very certain, the feeling of certainty, this is what you have to do, right? It was this, like, yeah. the feeling that you felt that encouraged you to go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things where the fear is going to be there. Fear is not going to go away, mm-hmm. but that's where I think we can really come up against it. And it's not to say we're not going to be scared, but we can, we can step, we can like really step through it as my coach always says, like, feel the fear and do it anyway. And so it's like, oh, okay. So it's baby steps. It's like, you know, you think, I always like to think of a toddler, like when a toddler's learning to walk, they'll take maybe one or two wobbly steps and then they fall,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but then they get back up. And then next thing you know, they're running. And so it's going to be like that at first. It might, it's going to be wobbly. Yeah, we lose this keep...
0: capacity, right we yeah. yeah, so
1: when we were babies we all we are not afraid and and
0: then we learn right. how to to be more cautious and play more safe, as you were saying yeah mm-hmm. that's that's so good so okay, you start this journey, you said one way ticket to Australia, yeah, it was the first country. Yeah. why yes. did you pick Australia just out of curiosity
1: i um so I'm a travel hacker also so I save all save points. up so that I can stay in like fancy hotels and places and also get my flights paid for. And I'd always wanted to go to Sydney. I'd been to Australia, but I didn't make it to Sydney. And so I'd always wanted to go to Sydney and stay in the Park Hyatt by the, um, on the Sydney Harbor near the Opera House. And so I had enough points saved up for flight and hotel. And so I thought, you know, this will be a really great way. I wanted to kick off my, my journey in style And so kind of have it as a vacation in that way. Um, So I had that planned. And then from there, I went to Thailand.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So you said you did plan very little. So you just picked the first country. Yeah. And then from there, how it happened? So how did you manage to travel, you know, to these 20 countries in short period of time? And tell us a bit about the story, how everything went.
1: Yeah. So I I knew I was going to go to... Thailand to start my journey. I'd talked to, I didn't really know many people who were doing what I was planning to do. Um, but I knew a couple people. And so I'd reached out to them and said, like, hey, where do you recommend starting as a nomad? And Southeast Asia came up, and then um Chiang Mai, Thailand was one of the places. And so I was like, Oh, okay, great. That that sounds great. And so I got I got a few resources from that. Um, And then Australia, I, like I said, that was, I kind of wanted to kick that off. But even going there, I was like, I want to go one way. And then my sister had some friends there too. So I was like, I'll connect with them and stay for a bit and then move on after that. And so I did that and then kind of hopped to Singapore on the way and then Thailand. And I was in Thailand for almost two months. And it was while I was in Thailand, I knew I was going to, need to come back to the States for, there was an event that I wanted to go to, an annual event. And so I knew that I was going to need to come back to the States at some point. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. But I didn't know where to go after that. And when I was in Thailand, I met a really dear friend and she's like, oh, you should check out, since you're going to be back in the U.S., you should check out San Miguel, um, Mexico. She was like, I lived there for a while. It's beautiful. And I saw one, I just Googled it and I saw one picture of the city. And I thought, Oh, I have to go there. And so I didn't know anything about the place. I was just like, Oh yeah, somebody told me. And so that's how a lot of my travels happened. And then I met, I met some more, I started meeting more and more nomads and then found out there was a nomad conference. And so that took me to South America. And then from there, I just, I spent three months in South America and kind of just followed my curiosity and things just really, I don't know, it just unfolded there. Like I would go somewhere thinking like, oh, I'll be here a week. And then it would turn into me being there a month. And, um, and so I would always like, wherever I went, it's like, I would book it for a couple of days to kind of feel into the place. And then if I would like it, then I would just extend. Mm-hmm. So, and then I just met people and go, like, I went to a wedding in Albania and it was just random. A lot of it was just very uh. random.
0: So what I hear is that you just let the people who you are meeting be your guide and and get inspiration from there and recommendation. And if it sounds like something that felt good, why not? And then you just went, yeah? Yeah. Were you feeling afraid? I mean, as a solo woman traveling, you know, safety, physical security was important for you. Uh, Did you have any concerns about the places before you went? How did you manage this?
1: Yeah. I, so I learned, this is where I learned through my travels that I'm an intuitive and we all have intuitive abilities within us and it shows up differently for everyone. But for me, I'm, I'm an empath. And so I feel things in my body. And so my body will kind of alert me if something doesn't feel comfortable or safe to me. And so I started noticing that in my travels and paying attention to that. And I, there's always, no matter where I go, there's always um, that like tinge of nervousness before mm-hmm. I go to a place because we kind of build it up in our heads of what it's going to look like. And then you get off the plane and you're like, oh, wow, I really built this place up to be like so scary and intimidating. And it's not at all what I was like anticipating in my head. And so so that was a lot of it. But then I I just kind of learned to lean into that. And I really only have two two instances really where that came up that were, where I was really afraid, like feeling afraid for my safety. And, um, they were both, I think both in South America, but cause I don't speak, I speak a little bit of Spanish, but I understand it better than I can speak it. And in South America, it was, it was very different than like going to Europe where you kind of just expect that to, that everybody speaks English and, there's so much of the world that actually doesn't. And so South America, I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. So having to just learn to listen to people communicate. And there was one time where I was walking in in a city and I just turned down a street and all of a sudden it's like tense in my neck and shoulders. And I was like, okay, yeah, don't go down the street. And so I turned and walked, walked around or away, but I really just learned to tune into that. And then I also just get this sense cause like Morocco was a place that people told me like, Oh, you can't go there as a woman, like a single woman by yourself. And I, I just learned to, I believe, like I always believe in the, the highest good of all. Mm-hmm. And there's so much, I believe in the good of humanity and the hospitality and just, and so I've learned that again, it's like trusting, trusting my body and knowing that people are going to stare wherever wherever you go. And I stand out because I'm very fair skin and my hair color is usually some bright color. And so I often do stand out, but I've just learned to just wherever I go, try to embrace the culture and blend in as much as I can rather than like standing out. So that way it's like feeling into and one of my favorite things is when I'm traveling somewhere and somebody comes up to me, asks for directions, and I'm like, "Oh, they actually come <laughs> <I'm> from here." <laughs> I'm
0: like, oh, that's great. That's a good sign. Huh? You're like a local there. Yeah. You feel comfortable. That's yes. great. Yeah. So you learn a lot about yourself, about your intuition. Is there any breakthrough moment that you remember, especially that say, "Oh my god, this just changed everything," almost like an evolution? You know, how was this transformation for you?
1: Yeah, I think um, definitely, it was definitely when I got to central, like, well, North America, when I got to Mexico and then down into South America, um, I was following my curiosity. And when I saw the pictures of San Miguel, I thought, oh, I have to do a photo shoot there. And I was like, I want to, this just sounds so fun. I want to capture the city. And so I brought an outfit with me. And then when I got there, I hired a local photographer and I was getting my nails done. I went to a nail salon and I was like, "Oh, I'll get my nails done just for, just for the day. And the salon owner was asking me what I was doing that day. And I said, Oh, I was like, I'm actually doing a photo shoot. And he said, what? He was like, you must come back. You have to come back. Let me do your makeup. And so I said, Oh, okay. So I came back later that afternoon and he did my makeup and I just saw like the joy that his face just lit up and he just was like in his craft in his art. And here's a foreigner who wants to come and embody like their culture and learn more about it. And then I saw that same joy in the photographer. And so it was from that, that I thought like, Oh, this is really great. And then, I was like, I really wanted. to – it was a different way of seeing um, cultures from a different perspective and also being with people from there. And so that kind of started my own mission of modeling and photo shoots in different countries as a way to support the local economies. And then I started buying local designs wherever I went or wearing local designs. And that was something that just organically unfolded, and it's just – It, I don't know, it just really changed the way that I showed up for myself because it brought something out of me that I didn't, that I'd been kind of like suppressing since I was a child. Mm -hmm. And so it allowed me to express, but then it allowed me to also get to know those from these countries in a different way and see them in their art and their craft. Um, And so it's just, it's kind of been unfolding that way. And that really, I don't know, it really did transform my outlook and bring something to me that I didn't even know was a desire within me.
0: Yeah. And and boost your self-confidence as well. Yes. Talking about confidence, seeing you in, you know, your hair done, your makeup, your nails and professional photography in that background, like a model in the magazines and see it's you, right? Yeah and having Nothing. strangers
1: come up to me and ask can i have your my photo taken with you and i'm oh, like that's what that's amazing
0: yeah 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 exactly yeah. that uh, shows another face of uh, you know of yourself uh, of yeah. your of who you are and i love that i really yeah. love that what was your favorite destination of all these countries
1: oh uh, chile is one of my favorites and yeah that stands out as one of my favorites in morocco morocco has a deep place in my heart as well Amazing.
0: So you are an intuitive guide. Could you say, would you share some tips or some ways that we can connect more with our intuition, especially when we travel, that you can, that we can maybe easily do and and start reconnecting more with this part of our intuition?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, in my work, I, one of one of the areas that I support others is through Oracle cards, and I teach a course on Oracle cards, and then I do sessions as well. And I I when I started traveling, I had just received my first deck um, a few months before that, and I didn't really know much about it. But I brought my cards with me, and I would just kind of casually pull them, and and I would it would always be spot on, and then I would meet people. Uh, meet strangers and they would see me with my cards and they'd ask if I could pull a card. And then it was like, Oh, like spot on for them too. And so I was like, Oh wow, this is weird. <laughs> and, and so I started trusting that more. And so I like, I think Oracle cards and tarot cards um, are a really great way to, I like to say it's a mirror reflecting back to you what you already know inside. Mm. So it's a, a way for allowing yourself to be seen And kind of looking out into the world so that's a tool that I use and then also just my as I said before my body and I when what I encourage like my clients and and what I'll be doing on my group trips is having people get like learning sensation in their body and what it feels like so putting your hands on a tree and like just getting still and quiet and taking a few deep breaths and just feeling into your body and then quieting your mind and then just ask, like put a, put a question out there and ask for a message and see what comes up or laying your hands on a rock or going barefoot in the ground. Um, or even just like in the busy cities too, just like kind of standing on the street for a second and just like take a deep breath and like get, get in the feel of the environment. And that's all like opening our sensitive, our senses and opening that, intuition that we all carry within us, and it shows up differently for each person, but I think we're often taught that it's not something, like, it's, we're off, we're in our heads so much that we don't quiet the noise enough to hear, but it's always there, and so it's learning to quiet your mind, no matter where you are, and I even learned, like, um, crowds, I tend to get anxiety when I'm in large crowds, And so I'll never forget, I was at a festival in Spain, which Spain is also, I know you're from there and that's also one of my favorite countries. And I was at this festival and it was just, all of a sudden I was just very overwhelmed because there were so many people. And so I just got my phone out and put my headphones in and turned on classical music. Mm. And it allowed me to calm myself and then just be there, like be in the space. And then from there, I was, like, able to, like, feel into it more and, like, okay, you're okay. You're okay, Robin. It's, it's fine. Just allow yourself to be present here. Um, but it's just learning. I think just trying on different tools to see what works for you. But I think getting quiet and meditation and your breath is one of the best ways to tune in. Yeah. It's like a mm-hmm. muscle
0: that we need to build and build yes. so we can get into this balance. Because, as you said, we have too much in our... In our heads in our minds and and you know life is busy and we have busy schedules so find this time to to connect with your body and, yeah. and your intuition yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and I, so good. I Thank think you.
1: um too a lot of times that's where um when the fear creeps in it's like when we're in our heads so much then we're not present mm. and that's when things can happen when we're not present. And so, cause a lot of people ha- carry fear around like being pickpocketed or something like that, which can happen. It can happen when you're traveling. But I think when you're like carrying that fear with you, then you're kind of like attracting that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you're not yeah. present, it's more likely that uh, accidents happen. Right. hundred percent. Okay. What about authenticity? How we can be more authentic and how travel can help us with that?
1: Yeah. So I like to think of it as a playground. So when you get to a new place, just try on like, allow yourself to bring out your inner child, your playful self, um, explore, like think back to, I always invite people like think back to when you were a child, and what activities you loved to do, and how that made you feel. And then bring that into travel. So like for me, I loved getting lost in the woods when I was a kid and being in nature and exploring. And I love getting lost in cities and getting off at like random subway stops and and walking the streets just to see where I end up. And so I can kind of bring that sense of play for my child. And so I invite people to do that. And that from there, you kind of, like, discover that your authentic self and, like, that forgotten part of you that's, like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten that I liked to do this when I was a kid, and then at some point, I kind of let go of that, and, and then just get out of your comfort zone more, like, travel really does force us to get out of our comfort zone, because we're in places that we're not, not, we don't know, so it's new, and we're also seeing things new, so it's, like, I was, my grandma, I always like to think of her, because she, always viewed the world through childlike, the eyes of childlike wonder. And so it's like when we get somewhere new and we're traveling, we're, it's new senses, it's new smells, it's new, new sounds, and we're, we're taking that in. And so the more we kind of hone in on that and then focus on the feeling and what it feels like to us and feels like in our body, then we can begin to own that and claim it. And say like, oh, yeah, I've got this sense of me that loves to play. And now I'm going to bring this into all these other parts of my life. So I'm going to try on like, you know what? I'm going to go to a coffee shop by myself in my own city. Or I'm going to take myself out to dinner and go on a date. I love to take myself on a date when I'm traveling. And so it's like bringing that stuff back home. So you're continuing to uncover like more and more of your authentic self.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And when you are away, it's even easier because nobody knows you. Nobody right. has expectations. Yeah. Nobody's going to be surprised. Oh, what is Robin doing? Behaving like this, right? Because nobody knows you. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfectly, the perfect playground, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Okay, Robin, you know, I'm so enjoying so much this conversation, but time is flying yes. and <laughs> it's time to wrap up. But you know that I will not let you go before you share with us. The hidden gem. What's the place that you think in the place you are from, your country, your your, um, your city, that you think that if we go there, it's a must. We need to check it, this thing out. But maybe it's not that, you know, famous or or is is so much well known. But you as a local know that we should go there.
1: Yeah. So in da- I'm in Dallas now, and I there's a lot of um, I'm a coffee shop person, so so I like to I always like to take people to different little local coffee shops, and my favorite ones are not even in the city um, so George and there's one called Edison that are both outside of Dallas that I like to take friends when they come um, and yeah, just to get because it gets you more of that local like local outside the city vibe.
0: So we need to check these out, yeah
1: yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm a foodie too. So anytime, if you come to Dallas, just reach out to me and I'll tell you where. Any special coffee or any
0: speciality of this place
1: that you recommend? Well, they do all these, they do these seasonal drinks. So I got one the other day that was their own twist of a Moscow mule, but it was with like honeydew syrup and ginger ale and then nitro coffee. So like the cold brew coffee. And so it was like a mocktail, kind of like a cocktail without the alcohol and but yeah. it had the coffee. So you're still like boosted.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. No. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. Um, yeah, before uh, saying goodbye, can you share how people can contact you if somebody wants to reach out? What's the best way to do so?
1: Yeah. Um, Instagram is the best way. So you can find me here wandering Ant, and send me a message. And I do check my, and un- like even if I uh, follow me and then, send me a message, but I always check the unknown senders so that I can be engaged with people who reach out.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Robin. It's been a pleasure to have you on board the travel coach today.
1: Thank you so much, Sonia. And everybody tuning in,
0: happy and safe travels. Bye, Robin. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For new adventures every week, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For more Travel Coach Insights, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Sonia Happy travels!